Welcome to Amplified, the Federated Hermes podcast channel where we discuss the key issues, challenges and trends shaping the investment landscape. I'm Matthew Lester. I'm currently an independent non-executive director on the board of Capita and the chair of Keir Group. I was the CFO of two FTSE 100 businesses for 11 years and previously sat on the boards of Barclays and Mann Group. I'm also a senior advisor to EOS at Federated Hermes. EOS conducts stewardship activities on behalf of pension funds and other institutional investors with over $1 trillion of assets under advice. The EOS team has 15 years of experience engaging with boards, directors and senior executives across the world in countries such as the UK, US, China, Germany, Brazil, Japan, Russia and many more. This wealth of engagement experience has given the team a real insight into what makes boards work well and, of course, not so well. EOS at Federated Hermes recently published a white paper called Guiding Principles for an Effective Board, Insights from Engagement. Much of corporate governance is predicated on the separation of the executive team and an independent board of directors. A lot has been written about this and associated corporate disclosure has been mandated in many countries. The purpose of this paper was to get behind the disclosures and look at the activities and mindsets that will differentiate those companies whose boards are in effect only seeking corporate compliance from those who will get real benefit from having an independent board of directors. I had the chance to speak to the co-authors of the paper, Jamie Gernstein and Sonia Lichtman, about some of the key messages from the paper and why the topic matters to investors. The paper focuses on the human, relational and behavioural aspects of boards. So, Jamie, why did you choose to highlight the aspects of boards that are quite difficult, if not impossible, to measure? Over the years, there has been an industry-wide push for more standardised disclosure related to governance. Investors, of course, recognise the positives from this. We can now clearly see how many meetings each director attended, how many board meetings were held, and numerous other aspects that are easy to quantify. Unfortunately, such disclosures can also create a risk of governance by numbers, whereby people focus on aspects that are not necessarily the most important contributors to board effectiveness. Just because something is easy to measure doesn't mean that it's the most valuable metrics of, of success. For example, take the board culture, the degree of engagement from individual directors and the quality of the relationships among directors. These aspects are vital for every board and shouldn't be ignored just because they're difficult to quantify. The purpose of this paper was to go beyond the surface to explore what really makes boards work well. We conceptualized this distinction between the two sets of characteristics, those that are easy to measure and those that can't easily be measured, as the board's hardware and software. The hardware relates to the board's structure, its size, the committees in place, age of director, average tenure. And the software, it's all about the human, relational, and behavior aspects of boards. This includes the board's relationship with the CEO and the wider workforce, where the board focuses its time, and the quality of independent thought on the board. In an electronic device, it's the combination of the right hardware and the right software that make the device function. The same goes for boards. We chose to focus this paper on the software aspects because we see that they are less explored, but they are critical to governance. 
at the end of the day, we are interested in real good governance, not box ticking. Governance is much more nuanced and complex than what can be publicly disclosed. So if we want to really understand the board's dynamics, culture and approach, we need to look deeper. Engagement between directors and investors is the way to do that. The paper outlines five guiding principles for board effectiveness, drawing on the experience of engaging with board directors from around the world, including in controlled companies and companies with dispersed ownership. Sonia, could you take us through the five principles and how they fit together to improve board effectiveness? These principles are closely related and complement each other. The first one is genuine independence, diversity and inclusion. The idea of this principle is to highlight that it's not just about being independent on paper or meeting a range of diversity criteria. We are looking for truly independent thinkers who have the psychological capabilities, emotional intelligence and experience to raise difficult questions and challenge the status quo. Board diversity is often discussed, and rightly so. It's been proven to be a powerful way of improving long-term performance. But it's not just about getting a woman or ethnic minority on the board. It's about recognising the value that diversity of thought brings to a group. This includes the more intangible aspects, like different personality types and skill sets. The chair plays a unique role in ensuring that the board's culture is based on mutual respect, openness and trust in a way that promotes diverse and independent thinking. That's why the second principle is the role of the chair. The third is how the board allocates its time. We recognize that board time is precious, so it must be spent efficiently. In this principle, we wanted to draw attention to the matters that are important, but not necessarily urgent. Our view is that boards must prioritize forward-looking strategic matters as much as possible. A board's prioritization of purpose, human capital management, succession planning, and company culture can be evident in the structure of the agenda at board meetings and the type of information that flows to the board. The time between board meetings is just as important. Good directors take the time to visit sites, engage with stakeholders, and attend relevant training. In fact, we think it's their responsibility to keep learning and stay ahead of industry trends. The fourth principle is the board's relationship with the CEO. The board's role is, in part, to hold the CEO to account. That's why the chair and CEO roles should not be held by the same person. The relationship between the two should ideally be one of transparency, trust and constructive collaboration. The board must also find a way to seek out the employee voice. It's very difficult to get a holistic understanding of a company just from the boardroom. The final principle is a commitment to continuous improvement. This mindset is a critical feature of effective boards. It's an acknowledgement that there are always opportunities to strengthen performance. One practical way to demonstrate this commitment is through conducting a board evaluation. They provide a valuable opportunity to pause, reflect and reassess priorities, which can be absolutely game-changing for some boards. I've seen firsthand why some of these aspects genuine diversity and independence, a chair that creates an open culture, board evaluations are important, but why should investors care about board effectiveness? How have you and the team been engaging on these topics? Boards are ultimately accountable to their shareholders, so it follows that investors should take an active interest in how well boards are functioning. This can't be done by simply reviewing public disclosures and assigning a governance score. 
true stewardship is achieved through active engagement between investors and board directors. That means open and candid discussions and trusting relationships. Really, engagement is beneficial for both parties because it provides an opportunity for constructive challenge, idea generation, and collaboration. In the end, boards and shareholders should be interested in the same thing, doing what's right for the company in the long term. The reason why we place such an emphasis on good governance is that getting this aspect of a company right makes it much more likely that other elements will be better managed. It's not a guarantee, of course, but an effective board is much more likely to have a better handle on risk, on company culture, and material, social, and environmental issues. From our engagements, we recognize that improvements to board effectiveness don't always happen overnight, but substantial change can occur over several years as boards make new appointments, strengthen processes, and show a willingness to improve. We have seen companies appoint independent chairs after listening to our perspective and acknowledging the benefits of separating the chair and CEO roles. We have pushed for greater gender diversity on boards for many years, and it's been great to see companies make improvements in that area, even though there's still a long way to go. We encourage boards to conduct board evaluations, even when it isn't recommended by the local corporate governance code. We know that boards have benefited from external evaluations when there has been a genuine engagement with the process, rather than treating them as a box-ticking exercise. And what's been the reaction to the paper from board directors and other experts in the industry? Much of this paper has been informed by our engagements. So in that sense, we've been testing these ideas for many years. Before launching the paper, we also went through a more formal testing process. We spoke with independent directors and chairs from different markets and experts, including board recruiters and board evaluation providers. It was a great way to sense check our thinking and create an opportunity for a range of stakeholders to provide feedback. The response throughout the testing process was positive, with people commenting that it's especially good to see principles that can be applied to a range of company contexts without prescribing a single blueprint. We're really pleased that the paper has resonated well with many people since it's been published. I think that's especially true for those who are tired of governance by numbers and find an approach that looks beyond public disclosures refreshing. As it's currently voting season in many markets, we're having discussions with lots of companies about governance. It's been a good opportunity to focus on board effectiveness with reference to the paper. The global pandemic has also highlighted how important it is for boards to work effectively and efficiently. Understandably, boards are at different stages in their thinking on these topics, and there really is no one-size-fits-all model. But we really do hope that all boards, regardless of the company ownership structure or the operating market, will be able to take something useful from this paper. Thanks, Sonia and Jamie. And thanks to you for joining me for this episode of Amplified. I'm Matthew Lester. I do hope you find the time to read the paper. We are in no doubt that independent directors can really assist companies to be truly sustainable sources of value creation. However, that can only be done where the structure and behaviours discussed in the paper are in place. All those involved in the stewardship of a company should have a clear picture of what good looks like and inquire if this status is being effectively and efficiently achieved. If you're interested in the topics that we've discussed today, 
you can download the full paper from the EOS Insights page. You can find the link at the top of the web post. Thank you for listening to the Federated Hermes podcast. If you found it interesting and would like to listen to more podcasts from the International Business of Federated Hermes, please visit our website. Our podcasts are also available to download on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. These podcasts are for informational purposes only, and the views, information or opinions expressed therein are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the company and its employees. Performance should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. All performance mentioned is historical. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future results, and investors may not recover the full amount invested.